This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. It is uh, football Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. today, which is news to some people. (laughs) Whatever could you mean, Michael Lynch? Um, Well, it'll be just the two of us, Joe, for at least a segment, I would say. But uh, Rashad is coming. I promise you that. I just got off the phone with him. Because, you know, sometimes he gets here early. We both sometimes will get here at like, you know, five, ten minutes before the show. It's early in the morning. I was like, well, I'll give him a little time. He didn't pick up the phone, and I was like, okay, well, it's not a great sign. And then Joe's doing his update. I was like, let me try one more time. And then he picked up, and he's like, bro, <laughs> I didn't know we were on 8 to 10 today, so he's he's coming. <laughs> I think he had his alarm set for 8 for the 9 o'clock show. And, uh, you know, he had his alarm set for 8 for the 8 o'clock show. <laughs> so he's coming. So uh, we'll just do a segment or two without him, and then he'll join us for the for the rest of the show. But we got a lot of stuff coming on the show today. Because we had an interesting Saturday of Ducks and Beavs football yesterday. Oregon State still cannot get that bowl berth, despite the fact that they played Cal and Colorado in back-to-back weeks. And Oregon still, well, plays ugly. But they're also still winning. So we'll talk about that as well. We've got Fantasy Scramble coming up at 930 at the end of the show today. But if you have start sick questions, you can text them to 503-250-1080. And we'll do that with Jesse Osmond from Explosive Fantasy Football at 9.30 and 9.45. And then 9.15, we've got Hate It or Love It. And we'll get a little NFL in there as well. Plus, I want to talk a little bit about the college football playoff rankings. And I would say we would be remiss to not bring up what's going on with the Blazers 
uh, the big breaking story of the weekend, and that is that there is an independent investigation into Neil Olshay. And there's been multiple articles written, uh, one of which was a Shams and Jason Quick, like initial report. Jason Quick did a full article on uh, his opinion. I was more of an opinion piece, really, but a bit of an article as well on kind of his view of Neil O'Shea. And um, pretty interesting times here in uh, Blazerland. Blazers had a couple of wins in a row. A really good win yesterday against a shorthanded Lakers team and, you know, a Almost blowing it, but then coming back and winning against Indy, a couple of home wins, kind of reset the season, get back to 500, and then the old Shea news comes out, which may be good news if you're a Blazer fan. Maybe good news. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what comes of the investigation, but I mean, it's pretty well documented how a lot of this fan base feels about him as the GM and president of basketball operations. So uh, that's proprietary, Joe. <laughs> I'm bifurcating here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trifurcating. Yeah, I made a really dad joke tweet on Twitter, and boy, did people like it. <laughs> it's like time to fire for Kate. Am I right? <laughs> All right, I'll see myself. I'll see myself out. <laughs> that that's good. It was just I was just I, the, I saw the initial tweet, and I was like, <laughs> bye for Kate. And I was like, ooh, fire for Kate. That might I've, be a dad joke. I've funny. done it. <laughs> I have won Twitter. <laughs> I did a funny. Yes, yes. Bow, uh, da- bow down to your dad joke, uh, even though I don't normally do dad jokes but you know sometimes it hits just right feels but, good when it does too oh god yeah and you're like i did it i know it's, i did it there's these little moments i am all that is man <laughs> there's these little moments where it's like this might be a funny tweet send and then you don't look at your phone for a while you're like eh, whatever i sent the tweet and then you go back and you realize that a lot of people have been interacting with it and you're like oh that well, okay, cool. Like I just kind of threw that out there, and you know, sometimes you do that, and you get like two likes, and you're like, all right, well. <laughs> I, I think of the the funny video with the guy with the stereo on the balcony, and he's jumping around, and there's three people on the ground <laughs> yeah. dancing along with him. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's what I think about. about. I'm like, hey, you three people, thank you. <laughs> yeah, there's sometimes when I feel like I have a good tweet, and then yeah, it gets like a like or none at all, and I just want to go scorched earth. Screw you guys, that was funny. Okay, <laughs> I'm giving you gold here. Well, you know, it is what it is. People will find what they find funny. And also, depending on how you view Twitter, because of their stupid home latest tweets thing, like you might not see all the tweets. Yeah. I'm on latest tweets. I don't know about you. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. The second, and then they started trying to, they changed the apps to where they were both on the top and you could, did, did you get that? On your app, or was I like a test dummy for it? Uh, I don't recall. Okay. Well, I was a test dummy for a certain function where on the top there was a home bar and a latest tweets bar. Oh. There wasn't the little stars that you changed. Oh. It was two different bars. And every time you would open the app, it would automatically go to the home. And I was like, no. No. I want latest tweets. <laughs> yeah. And then it wouldn't refresh correctly on latest tweets. It was like, are you trying to get me away from this? I don't use Twitter for the highlights. I want to see what's happening in real time, please. Yep, I'm right there with you. That's uh, it's kind of like a news feed as it's happening in yeah. real time. That's how I treat it, and I don't want the – I don't trust the algorithm telling me what's hot and what's not and what should be at the top. And No, I want to I go tweet for tweet in real time. Yes, that's what I want to do too. You can text the show, 503-250-1080, and you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Joe's at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H, Rashad's at TaylorMade503. And uh, the station is at 1080 the fan. I want to get into the ducks next segment. And that's going to lead into a little college football playoff talk as well. But 
What is going on, Oregon State? I mean, I hey, I asked last week, are the beeves still the beeves? <laughs> Which could mean so many things. <laughs> but I really, truly didn't think they were. I'm just, yeah, I know. It definitely, yeah. It felt very different. But even when I saw that a couple weeks ago again, when I was like, Beavs are going to split this next four games. It was like, uh, I think I said they would go three and one. It was Washington State, Utah, and then Cal and Colorado. And the only team they beat was Utah. Yeah. They lost to Wazoo, (laughs) Cal, and Colorado. (laughs) The team you would have thought they would have lost to, they beat. And then they lose to all three of the other teams. Ridiculous. Well, that's, I mean, I can't. Am I surprised? Yeah, but I guess that's why I kind of framed that question a few weeks ago because I was like, man, that'd just be such a beef move to like start four and one, five and one. Um, I guess it was four and one they started it, and then to lose these games that they shouldn't and just kind of come back to reality and remind us like, oh, yeah, I guess this is still the Oregon State Beavers. They're not world beaters here that are going to go nine and three and fight for the Pac-12 conference, you know, maybe maybe next year. They make that next step and they, I mean, well, I mean, the next step is still a bowl game and they still have a chance to do it. Now their schedule gets tougher, but I, I, but I don't I know guess if, they play up to their competition. I don't know if you've seen Stanford lately, but my God, uh, I believe Utah was up on them on Friday night, like 35 to nothing in the first mm. half. I mean, well, don't worry though, Joe Stanford beat Oregon. So <laughs> yeah, don't remind me <laughs> that, exactly. I'm watching that game. I'm like, God, Stanford sucks. I'm like, God, oh, no, Stanford sucks. <laughs> Stanford's terrible. Oh my God. That loss is really rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Beavs have Stanford, Arizona state and Oregon as their last three games. And I guess if the season goes like you, like it had been going, you probably like lose to Stanford next week, <laughs> beat Arizona state, beat Arizona state, and then beat Oregon and knock Oregon out of the college football playoff. Eh, let's calm down on that. Uh, maybe that. Third well, I just, there. if the season's going to go that way, <laughs> right. I mean, then, well, you're going to finish with seven wins. You'll make a bowl game. You get to, uh, you know, scream at your brother up uh, down South a little bit and say, ha ha, we got you out of that college football playoff picture, even though you already did it yourself. I'll take that seven and five with, uh, without Oregon loss. You know, so you uh, want them or, to be without the Oregon win rather Stanford and uh, Arizona state and yeah. then just get absolutely floored. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm down for that. It's, it's confusing because they had found such a little rhythm, especially with the offense in the running game. And I was like, man, like they, if they can just run the football and they got a good offensive line and they got decent running backs, if they can just run the football, they'll, they'll win a lot of these games. And if they only could have caught Cal this week, I know with like <laughs> every single one of their players on COVID. I got some plays in last night against, uh, against Arizona. It's did, just, you, did you see any of the numbers from that game? I think I, I saw Arizona it, Cal. Yeah. The final score was 10 to three. I did not see it. No, <laughs> there was 19 punts in that game, like 18 or 19 punts. I swear to God, please hold. <laughs> and then, uh, I want to say Cal's offense Barely had over 100 yards of total offense. Pack 12. And while Arizona had over 300 yards of offense, they had three tur- uh, three turnovers. <laughs> so that's what kept it such a close game. Talk about an absolute barn burner. All right. Team stats. <laughs> yeah. Cal had 122 yards of offense. <laughs> they had nine first downs. They were one of 14 on third down conversions. <laughs> one of 14. On third down conversions and uh, drive chart. Let's see. I'm telling you, it's like punt, 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 punt. Oh, (laughs) 
My God. Punt interception. Punt, 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 interception. Punt, 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 punt. <laughs> end of half. Zero, zero. End of half. Second half begins. Punt, punt. Field goal. Yes. Ha! We Field got a- goal. <laughs> Two in a row. We got points. Interception. Punt, 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 punt. Touchdown. <laughs> Downs. End of game. God almighty. <laughs> is that the worst football game that's ever been played? Whoever went to that no, game. No, because it was that bowl game that was like six to three. That was bad. The Cheez-It Bowl that one year. Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Uh, Michigan State one. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. That's like bring. That's like nom flashbacks there. All right. Well, uh, let's get Rashad in here. He's, he is here. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go Ducks in college football playoff next couple of segments. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad eventually and Joe. This is the fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 816 here on your Sunday morning. Hey, guys. And we have a guest. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. How's it going? So? I just thought somebody needed directions outside. Yeah, is that what happened? I to give it to him for 10 minutes. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man. You got so, you got so flummoxed. Listen, it's so funny. I, I think everyone out there should know that there's one thing about me is I, I hate being late. Like, if there's anything happening, I'm typically one of the first people there. Unless we're talking like a party or a dinner or something like that that's more social. If it's something serious, or man, I, I'm usually one of the first people there. Like, every time, seriously, every Sunday, who's the first person in the parking lot? Not every Sunday, but most Sundays. Bro, most Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Let's, <laughs> let's, say, let's say three or four Sundays, who's the first person here? It's yeah, usually you. It's yes. typically me. Yes. So you're usually sitting in your car waiting for someone because you still don't have a fob. Yeah. Man, well, why ain't got to keep putting my business in the streets, Lance? Like, <laughs> don't need to know about my fob situation. <laughs> well, I think you had one, but I, you lost. I it had. I haven't had a fob in many a moon. It's been a. It's been a while. But once a week, you're like, yeah, I don't really need it. Someone will let me yeah, in. Somebody will be here. Yeah, I'm here I first, right? I'm not going to miss anybody. So <laughs> today was the exception. Yeah. No, yeah, sometimes there is the, we'll be sitting in here talking and then I'll get the phone call because you're here and you're like, hey, can you let me in? So yeah. it's not every week that you're here first, but sometimes. But most weeks. I was here first this week and I bet you I would have beaten you this week too. Uh, I, was, I was here at like 7.32. Yeah, you may have. Yeah. Yeah, you may have today. Yeah. Okay. Today would have been a good one, but still, I think I hold the record for it. It's okay. We did, we did a fine segment where we talked a little bit about Oregon State losing again. And, yeah, uh, I heard. And, and then we recounted the punting game between Arizona and Cal. <laughs> bro, I like there's there, at, at a point. I don't know if you guys watch bad football. Like, no. if you just stick around for it. But no, I, I turn it off. Do you remember that national championship game? I want to say it was LSU versus was Alabama or yeah. something like that. Yep, that's right. And yeah. the score was like six to nine, all field goals in the game. And I was like, this is the most boring game I've ever seen in my life. Now, a lot of people were like, oh, that, that was great defense. And I, I guess you could say that, you know, last night about last night's game. But no. No, it was just boring. That was COVID Cal in Arizona who hadn't had a win until yesterday. Yeah. No, it reminds me of the Super Bowl between yeah. the Rams and the Patriots. That's where I was going, yeah. that was I was at a Super Bowl party me and too. Did, did not give two S's about that game halfway through. I was mingling around talking You're to talking people. talking about the, the last one, yeah? Uh, yeah, the last Tom okay. one with the Patriots okay. when it was like nine to three or whatever it was. Yeah, okay. it was. Yeah, I mean, I remember the the bad, only bad, reason bad. that was a good one for me is because in squares I had the three three, so 
I thought it was a fine game. It was, of course, you did. <laughs> I think it finished. Oh, the game was thirteen to three. It yeah. finished three three second quarter, three three third quarter, thirteen three game, and I won three of the four squares. And everyone was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "Give me the money." Well, historically, Come on. <laughs> you know, up until that point, Tom Brady doesn't really put up great numbers in the in the Super Bowl. That's just kind of always how it's been. So, even I don't know, I can't remember what last year's score was, but I don't think it was like a. I know it was a, it was like I can't remember. I'll look it up. But yeah. last year's game, yeah. God, yeah. man, the, the COVID seasons are like lost to me. It's like, it does seem like it's an like it's like Super Mario World lost levels for all sports. I'm like, who was in what in the COVID year? It's like, wait, the Bucks they won it, right? Yeah, the yeah. Bucks last won year it. felt like kind of a wash, just because you had a lot of teams. There were a lot of games that were postponed. You had a lot of teams that were, you know, dealing with COVID and everything like that. But yeah. I don't think last year's game was that good either, was it? What was la- what was last year's Super Bowl? I know Mahoma, the Chiefs up. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs Bucks were basically just like in control of that game the entire time throughout, and yeah. the Chiefs were trying to stage like a little comeback towards the end, and it just never seemed like they could pull that off. Not like how they did against the Forty ers a couple of years ago. It just seemed like the Bucks were just and, they're running all over them, and they just had firm control of that game. You want to hear the crazy part? It seems like Mahomes hasn't been the same since that game. He's yeah. been, he's, I mean, he's, he, there's still times that he's making plays and everything, but there's still points like ever since maybe the half of that game or the second quarter, like Mahomes has just looked just okay. Yeah. 31 to nine was the score. Bucks won. Are you serious? Gronk had yeah. two touchdowns. Oh my God. I didn't know. This. Yeah. Gronk had, had two touchdowns. AB had a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes had two picks. Uh, no touchdowns, obviously nine points. Yeah. 31 to nine. I remember sitting there and I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> we get so excited for game, and this is this. It's the Super Bowl right here. And the commercial sucked. It was just a, it was just a bad experience all around. <laughs> yeah. Halftime show was pretty good, though. I, I think that uh, just watching that game, it wasn't obviously as boring as the Rams-Patriots because it was just like, oh, my God, the Bucks are just dominating them. And Tom that was, Brady is the ageless wonder. Yeah, it was like, you know, that was intriguing, just watching them just stomp them into the mud. But, uh, yes, other than that, it was kind of like, okay, all right, let's go. Let's get this over with. I think get we know it. what's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Well, I guess we can do it here since we've already brought it up. We'll get to the Ducks next. Sorry. Um, I mean, they won, so. Well, but, but, no, almost, I want to talk about it first. I want to talk about the playoff rankings, too, because the Ducks come in at four, which was a surprise to a lot of people. So we'll get we'll get to that next segment. But, um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is bad this year. And the Chiefs are bad this year. And I think it's important to say it like it is. Right. I have been guilty of this all season. Like, oh, they'll get it. They'll figure it out. It's the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes. Look at how good they're going to be eventually. I've watched a majority of their games this year. I think they're just bad guys. Like, they're, I know for a fact that defense is horrible, and that's not helping matters. But Patrick Mahomes is running for his life, so the offensive line's not playing well. They have absolutely zero running game. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was hurt, but even when he was healthy, he wasn't some sort of great running back. And Mahomes is just like, the best way I heard it was he's falling into bad habits because he's running for his life and he's trying to do crazy Mahomes passes, but yet now they're all getting picked. He has 10 interceptions already. 10. That's more than he's had in his career. And the receivers didn't get worse. So no, the receivers you know, are basically the same. Yeah, so it, it's this is 
I think a lot of this is well, second most. He's had he had twelve his rookie year, but uh, almost twelve already, and it's been nine weeks. Yeah, it's the Chiefs, and I can't really place all the blames on all the blame all the blame on Mahomes. I, I can he can get a lot of it, uh, but the Chiefs kind of remind me of the Seahawks in a in a in a sense. Um, they have a, a, a dynamic receiver, a really really good quarterback that pretty much carries them through. Most of the game, you know, a run game that works, you know, most of the time, no Kareem, not Kareem Hunt works, but works, you know, not too bad. But they have an offense or they have a, a defense that can't stop anything. You know, like the Seahawks have a usually like your your, your front seven is like, OK, that's what's stopping everything. Your, your run stop is great. Or, man, you can't throw on this team like they have great uh, uh, DBs out there. There's neither one of those things happening. Like, mind you, they, you got good players out there, but on the Chiefs, do you? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess Tyra Matthews. Yeah, I was going to say Honey Badger is good, but I mean, outside or he might of, be getting old now. Though. Jamal Adams is good, you know. And that's, are we know, sure about that? I mean, he was, and I mean, I just, he, <laughs> they he, gave he, up a lot for Jamal Adams yeah. and then paid him a lot, and now he's been yeah invisible. But, but the point is, they're they're not really good at anything like defensively, and so you're just scoring a bunch on them. So now Mahomes is playing from behind, and the teams that he's that they're beating, they're four and four, so they're five hundred. So. I guess if you're if you're not panicking about that, that's wise because they can still make some type of run and do something. But the teams they beat, Browns are four and four. The Eagles are not a good team. Washington is not a good team. The Giants are not a good team. Like, but you've lost to the Titans, a good team. The Bills, a good team. The Chargers, a good team. The Ravens, a good team. Like, so you're just you, you can't beat any of the great teams at this point. So I think they, in the same situation as the Seahawks, they're gonna have a problem. It's ju- it's just so strange to watch because it happens so quickly. I mean, yeah, so you're right. They did get annihilated in the Super Bowl last year, and maybe there's a little something going on there. But it's you're, I, the amount of times I've watched them this year, and I've been sitting there, and they're, it's, you know, it's like 13 to, t- to 10, the other team's leading. And I'm like, okay, well, okay they're in this game. Well, let's, let's see their third quarter where they put up 21 points and they, they pull away. And then it's like pick, punt, three and out, pick, touchdown, Oh, but you've already given up two touchdowns in the meantime, and you're like, okay, this is what this is what my favorite team does. The Broncos, they're they're not good, they're pretty mediocre this year. They don't score touchdowns, they commit turnovers, and then they lose like twenty one to twenty. And that's the Chiefs right now. And yeah. what's interesting is last year, and this is the Vegas angle on it, but last year the Chiefs couldn't cover a spread to save their life. So despite the fact that they played really well and only lost a couple of games last year. They were playing a ton of close games, which maybe should have been a sign of they're getting a little lucky mm-hmm. because they're winning a lot of close games and they're not covering the spread. And and maybe that's a, the kind of the connection between last year and, and this year because it's just so startling when a team who is great turns into completely average or below average. Yeah. Without, like, without, without any, any sort changes, of like – Without yeah. any major changes, no crazy – I'm not sure if they got a new – um, any new coordinators anywhere? I'm sorry, I haven't looked that part up, but um, I don't think so. But they still got the enemy at OC, and they still have. Uh, so for the most part, you're kind of looking at a at Spagnolo as DC. I think you're kind of looking at a Buccaneer situation where you bought back most of your impact players, the people that are going to go out there and, and make huge plays for you in the game, and you still can't seem to do much. It's it's really crazy, and it's and it's not like they're not in certain games. Like they, you know. Uh, they were in the Ravens game. They ended up losing that one. They were in the Chargers game. They end up losing that one. So, you know, those games swing, and you're talking about this team sitting here being 6-2, and two, and we're like, wow, looks like the the Chiefs are, you know, off to another good start. Mm-hmm. They'll probably do something. So 
I mean, I don't know. It could be a, this could be, you know, the week where he writes the ship against the Packers. Um, no Aaron Rodgers. So, well, I don't think it matters what quarterbacks out there. That Chiefs defense isn't stopping anybody. No, they're not stopping anybody. Talk about but, a great first game for Jordan Love. Just throw the ball against the Chiefs defense. They're going to give you everything. And I think, honestly, I'm going to go out there and say it now. I think Jordan Love's going to be awesome today. Really? I think he, I still, I look at Jordan Love and I see Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to say like as far as the skill set, but this is the same situation he was in. Aaron Rodgers had to wait for like what four years, three years before yep. he finally got his opportunity. Because Brett, Brett Favre, Favre got hurt. Like, is he staying? Is he going? And now what are we talking about with Aaron Rodgers outside of the COVID crap? Is well, is he is he going to come back to Green Bay? Is he going to leave and everything? And if you're if you're um, if you're the, the 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 next man up, you're sitting there like. Okay, so what am I doing here? Like, I want to be a starter. But we don't, and just because he can't start over Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean he's not good. Let's put that out there. You know, some people are like, well, he's on the bench for a reason. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback. Well, he was one of those guys who, like, coming out of college, people were not really sure about. Yeah. They're like, oh, Utah State, okay. I mean, he had a good year, and is he going to be able to pan out? From what I've heard in terms of, like, rumblings from campus, he hasn't been as great, but that was last year. So, I mean, he's had time to, to continue to learn. I mean, who who knows? And, and, we, uh, but the, the problem is, is you can't take anything from this because Geno Smith, when he came in for Russell Wilson in that first game, looked great. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Geno Smith can maybe keep this team afloat. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he hasn't looked great. He may, <laughs> no, he cannot. He may not have looked great in comparison to Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to be out there and man, not play your play your best or not look sharp. But when you're playing next to Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, yeah, you, you might look a little more pedestrian than some other guys. All right, well, let's take a break. Let's get to the Ducks. They did beat Washington yesterday, although it was a lot closer than I'm sure Duck fan wanted. And also, the first college football playoff rankings came out, and Oregon was number four. Ooh, surprising. Should have been, you know, higher, but whatever. Well, probably not. They probably should have been lower, actually. But, you know, we, we could talk about that. And uh, we'll get to that next. But first, Joe has sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hey, 34, you're on your Sunday morning. Mike, Rashad, and Joe with you here on Football Sunday. Fantasy Scramble coming up at 930. Text those questions in to 503-250-1080. We got some uh, Oregon-Washington chatter here. And we also got Hater Love, by the way, coming up at 915 with Joe. Ducks yesterday got the 26-16 win over Washington. Yep, it was boring. It was 26-16. It was a pretty rough game to watch. And, you know, Oregon ran the ball really well. They ran for over 300 yards, and it was working. Anthony Brown threw 20 passes for 98 yards. He completed 10 of them, had one pick, first drive, had one touchdown, which was a big, big, nice pass to Devin Williams. And um, that was kind of it. It was, it was Oregon football. Is I kind of kind of the way we have to say it. And the problem is, is that it was Oregon football, and that means it's kind of boring right now. The defense is fun to watch. Defense got a lot of great players. Washington's offense isn't that good, but Noah Sewell played a really good game yesterday. Uh, you know, you saw a lot of really good things. But we have kind of hit this point now, where this is what you expect, which. If you're going to be in the college football playoff picture, you probably want to give a little bit more than this. 
especially after you lost to Stanford, who now looks dreadful. So I, I don't know if you agree with this, Rashad or, or Joe, but I'm just kind of, I'm, this is Oregon football. It's close games. It's running the football. It's low scoring. It's kind of boring, but I guess it gets the job done. It's kind of the way I'm looking at it. It's Stanford football without a dynamic quarterback. It's pretty much, you know, it's just run the ball, run the ball as much as you can, have a quarterback that's just competent enough to hopefully not make many, many bad decisions for you. A defense that's, you know, that's pretty good up front, big offensive lineman. Like it's just, you know, it's ground and pound football. And sometimes ground and pound football isn't very fun to watch these days. You know, especially we're in a, we're in a day where everybody's airing it out. And if you can't throw the ball, you know, then you, you're not going to have much success in the NFL and or excuse me, in, in uh, college football. And so right now you're seeing Alabama's, you know, putting up big numbers right now. Anthony Brown is, I think, 50 or 55th where and, and for passing yards in, in college football. So okay. there's I don't think there's a he's the probably he's probably the worst of 56th, excuse me, in yards tied for 71st in touchdowns tied for 31st in interceptions. 35th oh, uh, best QBR in the like he's not as good as any uh, t- quarterback on a ranked team. No, no, he's the worst one. And uh, especially if we're talking about the top four to eight teams in college football, he's Anthony Brown is at the bottom of that list right now, but they're winning games. So, you know, what can you say? They're ugly games, but they're winning. You know, Anthony Brown yesterday one touchdown, one interception, 98 yards passing, 90. That's not 198, nine and then an eight. Yeah, and the, and this this text comes in, and it is right. The, the weather was horrific up in Seattle yesterday. It was w- w- rainy. It was windy. It was really, really rough football conditions. So obviously running the football is going to take precedence. But it, it this, is, this is just a larger scale conversation based, again, on watching yesterday's game. That's all, is that almost every game this year has been this. Right? Yeah. You go into an Oregon game and you kind of know the formula and you kind of know how it's going to go. You know that the team you're playing is weaker than you because you've got the best talent in the Pac 12, except for maybe USC, but I think even Oregon's past USC talent wise at this point. Um, you should be going in. And if you're a college football playoff team, in theory, you should be handling your business against these teams. Are they handling their business? Yes, because they're winning these games, except for against Stanford. But when I, th- when I think, for myself, handling your business is let's win the game by 21, 24 points. Let's make it comfortable. And like they did that against Colorado, right? I mean, it's not, it's not like this is every single like bad team they're playing is playing close with them. But, you know, they, they had a, a decent win against Colorado. All they, the defense did give up a lot of points in that game for what you would expect. It's just this is what it is. And this is not to be negative because a lot of Oregon fans have been losing their S this season. Because the team is good, but yet it seems like it's being held back. Some of that might be Mario Cristobal's philosophy. Some of that may be quarterback play. Some of that may be, you know, just in the Stanford game, for example, Joe Moorhead wasn't there, so you had a new offensive coordinator, and it was last second because he had to go to the hospital. Some of it may be the injuries. You know, you're being – you have this really, really fast Maserati you're driving at 45 miles an hour. That's like, that's kind of how it feels. And I think that's frustrating for a lot of fans, but I guess what my whole point is, and that's why I'm saying it's not a negative point is this is what Oregon's going to be right now. 
unless you get a very special quarterback that that convinces Mario Cristobal to change his philosophy. Oh wait, they did have that, and did he change his philosophy? No, that was, kinda, that was that was Justin Herbert. Kinda, by the way, that's kind of the point. And and to you, it made Justin Herbert to you in your eyes look just okay. Yeah, not great. He's just okay. I had I did not think he would be good in the NFL because of how he played for the Ducks. We've seen some plays from Anthony Brown, not a lot of them, but someone was like, "Huh, that was." That was okay. Like if you decide to throw down the field, you you might be all right. But I don't think that that's in the that's not in the playbook of what you know Cristobal wants to do. I think he's running a very, very Miami, you know, the U type of offense from when when he was playing. You know, that's kind of what it seems like. You know, and but, but even then they had a Michael Irvin when he played. So you're gonna throw the ball to the playmaker. So it's just one of those things. I just. I, it's hard to tell if, if it's the player or if it's the system, but now I think I'm starting to think that we have enough evidence to see that it's the system. Mm-hmm. Like this system is what Cristobal wants to do, and thus far it's been effective. And if the yeah. goal is just to make it to the playoff, because I think we all think that if Oregon gets to the playoff, I don't think they win any game. I don't think they're better than any of the Dude, teams. Dude, if Oregon play. plays Georgia. Yeah, it's a, it's, oh there, my it's God. a shellacking, you know? So there's. Does what, Oregon score nine points? And if they're 15 yard field goals, sure. <laughs> Absolutely, but I got a feeling they get in the get, get in the game and kick a thirty-seven yard field goal and miss. Yeah, against Georgia, right. you know. So, yeah, uh, we're getting. Te- this is not a negative. It's just the the matter of the fact. It's just is, what it is. Like is because there's been a lot of negativity around Oregon this year, despite the fact that they've been winning. There's been a lot of negativity, a lot of fans complaining about the offense, a lot of fans complaining about Anthony Brown. It, it's it's this is what has been around the program this year, and. I, I, I'm saying this also for myself because I go into these games expecting a certain thing and it's not happening is this is now what you have to expect. That's all. That's my point is Washington is not good this year. They're not. They have a horrifically bad offense. If Oregon was the number four ranked team with an offensive coordinator, a head coach who is more willing to open it up, my expectation would be Oregon beats Washington 42 to 21, 42 to 17. But Oregon beat Washington 26-16. to 16. Yes, the weather did play a part. But my expectation now, and I think for a lot of Duck fans, uh, you know, I'm saying this as, you know, maybe this will help you out or you've learned this already this year, is you go into any game and you say, okay, Ducks are going to play it close. It's going to be really uncomfortable at times. There's going to be some bad passes. There's going to be a lot of running the football. There's going to be some questionable play calling decisions. And it's not going to be pretty, you know? Go back to the Cal game. It was the same thing, right? 24-17 was ugly. It, it didn't go great. And at the end of the day, you're winning games. Like and I, and That's I think all that that's matters. The, that's know, all that's that the, matters. That's the important part. Like No matter how you're winning, you're winning. And I think, like I said, historically, we're just used to seeing Oregon just blow teams out of the water. and, and it's We not talked even, about that a couple yeah, weeks and ago. It, and it's not even competitive. And I think that's just kind of the, the – when we look at these games, it's like it's just it just looks slow and it, it's working, you know, but it looks but there's nothing. Travis Dye is, is great, you know, but he'll have games, with four touchdowns and 40 to 42 yards on the on the ground. So it's like you're scoring and everything, but there's nothing. There's not that big pop that's happening every game or those few pops that every game is like, OK, that's exciting to watch. And so, you know. It, it, but you have a, a great def- you have a great defender in Kayvon Thibodeau. It's going to be a top five, top three draft pick. You know, might be number year. one. May may very well be number one. You've 
you've got some good weapons offensively. You know, you just don't really use them like that. It's like you have toys that you bought, like that are, you know, pristine old toys. Be it you're G. keeping I. them in the wrapping. You're just keeping them in the wrapping. <laughs> you just don't want to play with them because one day they're going to be worth something. Right, so. right, right. Well, it's. I mean, it's and it's. I think the the part that's been tough for this season too is that Ohio State game was so good. You played so well in the Ohio State game. Everything looked almost perfect. And that was week two of the season. And you're like, oh, my God. And that was after the Fresno game, which was obviously way closer than you wanted it to be. Fresno's wound up being better than, than you thought, but still a uh, scary game for, for week one against Fresno. You come out and you just kill Ohio State. Well, not yeah. kill them. You, you, you beat them pretty You beat them by seven, but you – but. Watching the game, it, it you look, were in control the it didn't entire look time. As close as the game, as the no, score said, it, it, yes. it felt like you were killing them. It was still a close game because Ohio State's a good team. And since then, it's just been, you know, generally a run of like, oh well, okay, Oregon won. You know, there's a lot, a lot of problems, but they won. And I just that's just what you got to expect, right? And, and hope that when you go up against some of the better teams, if you do make the playoff, which we'll get to next, if you do make the playoff, you know, hope that that Ohio State game plan comes back or maybe the mentality or whatever it was and you can you can keep it close but for now it's it's going to be you got to win out you're in a decent situation because you got ranked number four but there's a lot of teams behind you that got games against better opponents that might pass you as well so that's a little bit nerve-wracking uh too text in 503-250-1080 and uh, we'll get to that little aspect of it next this is football sunday on the fan Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. K48 here on your Sunday morning. Fantasy Scramble coming up at 9.30. Hate it or love at 9.15. Top of the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, I would like to take a break from football and discuss the Neil O'Shea news of the day. I told you all. <laughs> I, I told you all. Now all of a sudden, I look as crazy, huh? Man. Nobody, nobody didn't believe you, Rashad. Reading that uh, Jason Quick article. There was a moment where I thought of the shoe stepping incident <laughs> concerning sure. Rashad For no Taylor. reason. You see what I'm saying? Bully, man. Get out of here. Yeah. He does to you what he wants, speaks to you how he wants. So I was like, just like stepping on people's shoes and not giving a damn not about it. An F, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first college football playoff rankings came out, and it was uh, Tuesday this week. And maybe a little bit of a surprise, but Oregon showed up at number four. There was some thought that despite the fact that the Ducks beat Ohio State, the losses for the two teams would be more important than the head-to-head win, considering Ohio State's only loss was to Oregon, and Oregon's only loss was to a really bad Stanford team. So there was thought that, okay, they're going to put Ohio State ahead, and it's going to be a really tough climb for Oregon to pass them unless the Buckeyes lose again. But Ducks come in at number four. They're behind Georgia, Alabama, and Michigan State, and then Ohio State was five. Cincinnati was six. Good news for Oregon is that Michigan State lost this week to Purdue. So they're going to fall out of the top four, which means the Ducks should, in theory, move up to number three. Ohio State should move up to number four. And a really good game against Purdue, too. Like, that game was pretty good. Purdue beats top five teams like nobody's business. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I like it. Um, and uh, guess who plays Purdue next week? Ohio State. Let's go. <laughs> Let's I think go Purdue... Uh, Purdue beat somebody else earlier this year. I'm pulling up the schedule just to remind myself because the, the, I saw a funny meme online where it was the grim reaper going up to three different doors and there was blood on each door. Oh, it was Iowa. 
Uh, they beat number two Iowa 24-7 earlier this year. It was the Iowa door, blood. It was the Michigan State door, blood. And then it's him knocking on the Ohio State door, which is next because it's the next top five team that they're playing. Let's go. Um, so the Ducks are going to move up to number three most likely on Tuesday this week, and that's great. Uh, like we said last segment, the Ducks, if they just keep winning, are in the driver's seat, and it's fantastic. It doesn't really matter how you win. It might not be the most fun to watch, but you're winning games. The problem or, or the, the problem's not the right word. The worry about the way that the college football playoff set it up is that Ohio State being right behind the Ducks with games against Purdue, Michigan State, who will now be lower ranked but should still probably be in the top 10 with one loss, and a top 10 Michigan team are their last three games. And the Ducks are going to play nobody nobody ranked the rest of the way. They're done. They got Wazoo. Um, they have Oregon State. And then who's their other game in there that I'm forgetting? Arizona State. Arizona State, yes. Wazoo, no, Utah. Wazoo, Utah, Oregon State. They don't play Arizona State? They do not play Arizona oh, State. Well, maybe at the end of the season. Pac-12 maybe, yes, in the Pac-12 <laughs> championship. But uh, Wazoo, Utah, Oregon State are the last three games. None of those teams are ranked. None of those teams are going to be ranked. So the worry was that Ohio State and Oregon went out. They both have one loss. And, you know, it, it's, it's helpful now that Michigan State lost. But the worry was, well, they're going to give Ohio State the higher position because they beat three ranked teams. Right. And the Ducks didn't beat anybody ranked. That's that's a fair worry. And then they set up the college football playoff rankings with a bunch of like backloaded Big Ten teams. Now, Minnesota lost this week, so so they're going to fall out of the rankings. But there was a bunch of Big Ten teams ranked at the bottom of the top 25. And people were going, are you just putting those teams in there to help buoy Ohio State at the end of the season so you can put them in the playoff? There, there's kind of like this like conspiracy theory thought about it of let's put teams from this conference in just to buoy a team that we would like to see go there. And you saw <coughs> nothing in the Pac-12. So it was, it was really nerve-wracking setting up for or for Oregon to get passed if nothing else changed. But I guess Michigan State losing kind of erases some of those fears too because it's like, well, okay. I mean, Ohio State might pass Oregon at the end of the year. That's that's true. But as long as Oregon keeps winning, the Cincinnati's not passing the Ducks. No, not at all. And then we still have to think there's going to be an SEC championship game. So is there not? There's usually an SEC championship game? Well, yeah. So Alabama, Georgia are going to be the teams uh, that play in that game more than likely. And well, the Pac-12 champion. There's well, there's, what there's I'm saying, conference championship I'm saying, games across like, the board. Well, let's let's say Alabama takes loss number two and takes that to Georgia. Clearly, that's going to you know That'll that's going to change some things. Well, there's so, never been a two loss team in the playoffs. Not so. at all. So even if it is Alabama, so you know that's something to look at because right now Georgia just looks unstoppable god they look good they look so good as a football team right now and so i mean alabama and alabama's still bama they're still great you know but and i think they'll avenge that loss and i think georgia will go into the playoff with you know with one loss as well but yo like that that could be that could be curtains and somebody that could be a lot of movement for somebody well and i think that as much as they prop up alabama let, let's face it they went down to the wire with a florida team who at the time was highly ranked and now looks like absolute garbage. With their head coach saying they don't recruit until it's recruiting season. <laughs> God, you don't score until you score. Right? And then okay, last cool. night. All right, Dan Mullen. Last night, they're taking on an LSU team. Again, pretty garbage this year. They've technically already fired Fred uh, Ed Orgeron. And it takes the last second to seal the win against that. LSU, I think, was on their like 40-yard line going down the field trying to score to take the lead in that game. So, I mean, Alabama, if they are limping into that SEC championship game. 
And it also depends on what happens in that game as well. You can say like, oh, well, if Alabama loses, they could still make it. Well, if Alabama loses handily and they have that second loss, they're they're not going to be in the playoff. Right. Plain and simple. I mean, I just 100%. I know that they love to prop up the SEC, but that no. just won't happen. Well, I mean, unless unless there is chaos and everyone loses multiple games, correct? I don't think in this four team system you will ever see a two loss team in the playoff because uh, we haven't seen it yet. And there's there's not often a year where there's a bunch of undefeated teams. I think it was a couple of years ago there were three undefeated teams, which was the most that we've had. It's usually just one or two undefeateds and then one loss, and that's it. And that you're not going to get a two loss team in there. So yeah, you're right. If Alabama loses to Georgia, they're out. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's plenty of avenues for the ducks to stay there. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm almost saying it was a worrisome buildup in the rankings, but yesterday kind of helped calm that a little bit. Wouldn't it suck? It's for, like, Oh, look, what if Oregon state, you know, didn't win a game until the, the civil or the civil war game. And then all of a sudden, and that knocked the ducks ruined out. everything for the ducks. And I'm knocking on wood here because that would be just the, the, well, the beeves have played most, really well in that game the last few years. They, they, they got have. a couple of wins and they keep, they keep it close with the ducks. It's you, you just like, shouldn't even show up today. Like, if you're going to throw like, those ideas out there, and I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm knocking on wood because I want to see, you know, at least a, what's the first game, at least a Rose bowl game. What's the, what's that game going to be? The first game of the playoff. I don't know what it is this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. If it rotates. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not even sure anymore, but, you know, you at least want to see that big bowl game. Wear an Oregon shirt for the big bowl game. That'd be fine, you know? Yeah. Go buy a new one. Okay. Go Ducks. You sure. Know, <laughs> team spirit. See people wearing <laughs> their stuff. Oh, raw, raw, raw. Go Ducks. They're going to get it today. No one in our heads. Yeah. yeah. It might be a struggle. I do, but Michigan State losing was big. And, I mean, I guess the benefit is, although you don't have any ranked teams left on the schedule, you've got three winnable games left on the schedule. Right. Or three should be wins left on the schedule is even a better way to put it. So if you finish the year with one loss, you're in. And because they put you at four, you're definitely in. That was the thing. It's like, ah, if they put Oregon at five or six, they're going to have some work to do and, and need some help. Eh, just keep winning. Yeah. <laughs> just keep winning. Do. If you keep doesn't winning, matter how you win, just win, and you'll be in the college football playoff. And, and honestly, I think this team is confident enough at this point to where they can t- continue to win no matter what it looks like. So... Keep doing your thing, Eugene. All right. Hour two coming up next, but we're going to take a little NFL break or a little football break, and we're going to switch gears to the news of the weekend here locally, and that is the independent investigation into Blazers president of basketball operations, Neil Bifurcate Olshay. <laughs> this is Football Sunday on the Fan. For- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.